0: Thank you for listening, downloading, sharing, subscribing, commenting, donating, and praying for us, and for going to BrotherLance.com to get the free PDF of this teaching. And so here we have God saying that when my people hurt the apple of my eye, those people that you touch, you touch me, as we read, you know, that like he's afflicted with them, right? That's how much God cares for us. So, we got a saying if if it happens to God's people, it happens to God, and if it happens to God's people, it's happening to Jesus. He takes it personally. It's not like, oh, my people are suffering. No, he takes the persecution personally. Okay. For I was hungry, and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the, an- the righteous will answer, and say, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, and, and feed you, or thirsty, and give you drink? When did we see you as a stranger, and take you in, or naked, and clothe you? When did we see you sick, or in prison, and come to you? The king will answer them. Most certainly I tell you, because you did to one of the least of these my brothers. You did it to me. So, not only does the hurt hurt God in Jesus, but the care cares for God in Jesus. So we cannot neglect the needs be it social, mental, physical, emotional, or any other need of the body of Christ. For every time we do, we are neglecting Christ Himself and God Almighty. For every pain neglected, every wrong looked over, an act of indifference creates suffering for God in Jesus. John 1334 through 35 says a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you you also love one another by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another so how does the world know that we belong to Christ because we love one another right but as we just learn to love one another is to love God is to love Jesus we cannot say I love you God I love you Jesus if we do not love his people it's it's impossible right because listen the body of Christ in North America is weak because it suffers so greatly and it suffers from greed and it suffers from selfishness and and, you know it's all the things we are taught in society self-actualization getting what you want in life don't sacrifice for nothing or nobody do it for you climb that ladder get more provide more have more and so what (laughs) what does the church teach Get more, have more, self-actualization, best life now, do for yourself. And they say, and God wants to give it to you. But listen, God's not giving it to you. He's giving it to the body. Because that's what you're a part of. Right? Come on, people. I mean, the the church is jacked. They think God blesses them so they can consume it. But in reality, no, he's giving it to you so you can distribute it. And I'm not saying it's not it's wrong to have nice things. I'm not saying that. But the way we see it in the in society is I got more because I'm being blessed by God, so I'm gonna get more. That's what No! And so God makes people rich in one area to bless the body. I have been, been, been made rich in truth. And I am blessing the body with that truth. Amen. Amen. And so some people have a, a, a blessing and encouragement, and they make the body rich And with that encouragement. Some people are financially rich, and they bless the body and encouragement. If at one any time in this, I go, well, God, you have told me so much, and I'm keeping it to myself. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. Everybody would say that's wrong. And if someone knew how to heal someone's wound, he goes, God, this medical knowledge I have, it's great. I'm so glad I could take care of my family and forget everyone else. That's wrong. So why is it in America, I'm financially rich? Oh God, I'm gonna take care of my family and forget everyone else. There's no difference, right? So say you have visions and dreams and God gives them to you to bless other people. If you only consume them upon yourself, that's wrong. He didn't prosper you in that so you could just be self-actualized and get what you want. He did that so you can help the body, period. So everything we have in the body of Christ is not our own. We don't own it right and so so imagine the hand the man the hand god goes here's a glove and the hand goes i'm warm and this other hand goes but i'm cold i don't care god has blessed me i have a glove (laughs) you know life is good over here forget you other hand freeze that makes no sense that's not why god put a glove on this hand share it Right, hold hands, rub each other, share the same glove, do something, but you get the point. It'd be like covering half your body with a blanket while the other half froze. It makes no sense, but the half that's covered thinks, oh, we're doing great. It's great to be a Western Christian. We're so prosperous. Forget the Chinese Christians uh, Christians in Saudi Arabia. Forget the persecuted church all around the world. Here in the West, we're doing great. Guess what, I got three vacations this year. Got me a new car, got the big surround sound. That's not what God wants you doing. We are called by Christ to support each other, to love each other, to build each other up. And if we can't do that, then we have failed and we are hurting Jesus, our savior. So don't tell me you love Jesus. Don't tell me you love Christ. Don't tell me you're living for the Lord. If your life is not being shown out that you love the body of Christ that you are prioritizing your brothers and sisters in Christ over yourself, over your own free time. And if I let any of you guys become weak and I ignore your pain or your suffering or anything that's going on in your life that I can have any part of to strengthen you, I am hurting myself. It has no other way about it. I'm hurting myself, I'm hurting Christ, I'm hurting God. And the devil doesn't want you to understand that. Right. Yahweh bless you and keep you. Yahweh make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Yahweh lift up his counts upon you and give you shalom. Amen. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we praise you. We thank you so much for being with us as we come today to learn about the heart of you, your heart, and the heart of Jesus, and what that means, how it applies, and what we need to do with our own lives to manifest that fully. So we praise you. We glorify your name. Thank you that you have not allowed the spirit of deception to rest upon our hearts and minds, and that you've given us a spirit of understanding and discernment, and the Holy Spirit to guide us through the, the these last days of deception. And we learn not even to believe our own eyes or our own minds, our own hearts, but trust in your word a hundred percent and and use that as our guide so we praise you and thank you for that give us your holy spirit guys true thank you for your love and all you do for us and we love you very much in jesus name we pray amen 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 Amen. all right so escape from babylon the series part 20 can you believe it's been 20 Uh, all right the heart of god zechariah 2 7 through 10 it says come zion escape you who dwell with the daughter of babylon right kind of applies to our whole study right for yahweh of armies says for honor he has sent me to the nations which plundered you uh you for he who touches you touches the apple of my eye of his eye right god's eye but for behold i will shake my hand over them and they will be a plunder to those who serve them and you will know that yahweh of armies has sent me sing and rejoice daughter of zion for behold i come and i will dwell with you says yahweh so, before we move forward, let's look at it. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. Right? And so, we, the whole point of this study, the heart of God, is to show us how important we are to God and how important the body of Christ is to God. Okay? So I put, Christianity is a team sport, a corporation of believers. This is all centered around the love of God. He is, he has not demanded love without setting forth the perfect example of love. We must understand this love of God to better be able to love each other. Then we'll see that, that to love each other is to love God and to love Christ. Okay, so let's go down. The affection of God. Let us understand the love and care of God. In Isaiah 46, 3-4. through four. Listen to me, house of Jacob and all the remnant of the house of Israel that have carried for uh, from their birth. I love that. That have been carried from their birth. They have been carried from the womb. Even to old age, I am he. And even to gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear. Yes, I will carry and I will deliver. I just love that. <laughs> you know, he said, I've carried you from the womb and I will carry you in old age. Mm-hmm. says, I will carry you. I have made you. I will bear you and I will deliver you, right? So this is God helping us understand his intimacy with his children. I made you, I'm going to carry you even when you're a baby or even when you're old it doesn't matter, it's me carrying you right, it's beautiful Deuteronomy 1, 30-31 Yahweh your God who goes before you He will fight for you according to all that He did for you in Egypt before your eyes and in the wilderness where you have seen how that Yahweh your God bore you as a man does bear his son in all the way that you went until you came to this place again carried so what is this how does that apply to us so we're leaving the spiritual land of egypt and going to the promised land of his presence in heaven right and then the earth made new and so he's saying i'm carrying you so we have this promise for ourselves and not only for in the Old Testament, but it applies to us, too, because we're spiritual Israel, right? So God, God is saying, I carried you, I bored you, I made you. Even in, when you're young or you're old, you were mine, right? So Deuteronomy 32, 9 through 14. For Yahweh's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. So he's talking about the inheritance in the nations and how he broke it up. And Yahweh says... For Yahweh's portion is his people. So he's saying, out of all the world that I split up to everybody, what I wanted for myself is a people, right? We're that people. We're his inheritance. He found him in a desert land in the waste howling wilderness. He surrounded him and he cared for him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle that stirs up her nest that flutters over her young he spread abroad his wings he took them and he bore them as, on his feathers Yahweh alone led them there was no foreign god with them and he made him ride on the high places of the earth he ate the increase of the field he caused him to suck the honey out of the rock oil out of the flinty rocks butter from the herd milk from the flock the fat of lambs rams, uh, rams of the breed of Bashan and goats with the finest of the wheat from the blood of the grape you drink wine right and he's saying you are my inheritance I, You were the apple of my eye and I lavished you with all this wealth and well-being Right and I have taken care of your needs is what he's saying So here we have saying that you know our opening verse up there in uh, Zechariah 2 7 through 10 that you know if you touch them you touch the apple of my eye here we got I have carried you I've borne you young and old I have lavished gifts upon you I have brought you out Right so this is all God just gushing over his people Right you know, just pouring his love for us. So let's look at top of page two. It says, Romans 5, 8, But God commends his love towards Mm. us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, right? And so here we have the love of Christ Mm. in God through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this is our proof that um, how much God really cares. So he's doing all these things, but he also made the sacrifice, right? The affliction of God in Christ when his people hurt he feels their pain suffering with them nothing that happens to the children of God goes unnoticed when we suffer he suffers when we are in pain he's in pain so let's read Isaiah 63 8 through 9 for he said surely they are my people children who will not deal falsely so he became the savior in all their afflictions he was afflicted and the angel of his presence saved them in his love and his pity. He redeemed them. He bore them and carried them all the days of old. So, in all of their affliction, he was afflicted. Right? So, what are we learning here? That in everything that happened to God's people, he was afflicted. He felt the pain. So, let's look at Exodus three uh, seven. Yahweh said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in the Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrow. And I don't take that because of Isaiah's verse. I don't take that as like, yeah, I know about that. He's like, I've experienced. I'm intimately acquainted. I, I feel their sorrows. Right. And so here we have God saying that when my people hurt the apple of my eye, those people that you touch, you touch me. As we read, you know, that like he's afflicted with them. Right? That's how much God cares for us. So the same thing goes for our Lord, uh, for Jesus our Lord. Acts 9 1 through 5. But Saul, who was eventually Paul, still breathing threats and slaughtering against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from the synagogues of Damascus. Now he found anyone who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he traveled, he got to Damascus and suddenly a light from the sky shone around him. And he fell on the earth and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? There we go again. Mm -hmm. He said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting right so we got saying if if it happens to god's people it happens to god and if it happens to god's people it's happening to jesus he takes it personally it's not like oh my people are suffering no he takes the persecution personally okay so we find this more buried out in john 15 1 through 7 it says i am the vine and my father is the farmer every branch in me That doesn't uh, bear fruit, he takes away. For every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already pruned and cleaned because of the word which I have spoken. You remain in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine. So neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He remains in me and I in him, the same bears much fruit. For if part of me you can do nothing. So, if you go outside and you get a vine and you cut it off the branch, doesn't the branch know? Right, that's what he's saying. It's like, we are in, in connected. You spring forth from me. It's be like trying to say you could cut off someone's arm and they wouldn't know, because that would be the vine and, and the torso would be the branch, right? If a man doesn't remain in me, he is thrown out as a branch and is withered, and they gather, gather them and throw them into the fire. He is burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you'll ask whatever you desire and it'll be done for you. So what do we have here? He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. We are intimately connected. Okay. So let's look again at Matthew 25, 31 through 46. But when the son of man comes in his glory and all of his angels with him, then he is set on the throne of his glory before him and all the nations will be gathered and he'll separate them from one another as shepherds separates the sheep from the goats. He'll set the sheep's on his right hand, but the goat's on his left. Then the king will tell, sorry, top of page three. (laughs) Don't want to blow past everybody. Uh, uh, 34. Then the king will tell those on his right hand, come, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you for the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was stranger and you took me and I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison. You came to me. Then they an- the righteous will answer and say, saying Lord when did we see you hungry and, and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you as a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? The king will answer them most certainly I tell you because you did it to one of the least of these my brothers you did it to me. Mm-hmm. So not only does the hurt hurt God in Jesus, but the care cares for God in Jesus, right? And said so And will say also to those on the left, Depart from me, you cursed and eternal eternal hellfire, which he prepared for the devil and his angels, for I was hungry. And you did not give me food to eat. I was thirsty. You did give me no drink. I was a stranger. You did not take me in naked. You did not clothe me sick in prison. You did not visit me. Then you will also answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison? And it didn't help you. Then you will answer them, saying, Most certainly I tell you, because you did not do it to one of the least of these. You didn't do it to me. Mm-hmm. these will go away into eternal punishment, but their righteousness into eternal life. So I'm read my note. He said, we cannot neglect the needs, be it social, mental, physical, emotional, or any other need of the body of Christ. For every time we do, we are neglecting Christ himself and God Almighty. For every pain neglected, every wrong looked over, an act of indifference creates suffering for God in Jesus. And we see there how, They respond to that. Listen, because you fail to take care of me, I will fail to take care of you. They're saying, depart from me into everlasting hellfire. I'm not saving your soul. Right? And so this is what we have to understand. So I'm going to read the verse, John 13, 34 through 35 says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So how does the world know that we belong to Christ? Because we love one another, right? But as we just learned to love one another is to love God, is to love Jesus. We cannot say, I love you, God. I love you, Jesus, if we do not love his people. It's it. It's impossible. So let's look at the personhood. Okay, so we're going to look at the body of Christ. Let's take a look at the body of Christ. So the head. All right. So we know that Jesus is the vine; we are the branches. So here we have in Ephesians one twenty, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and made him to sit at the right hand in heavenly places. So Jesus was exalted. Top of page four. Ephesians one twenty one. Far above all rulers in authority and power and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age but also in that which is to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave, I'm sorry Ephesians 1:22. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him to be head over all things for the assembly, head of all things. Ephesians 1:23, which is his body. That's us. The fullness of him who fills all in all. So Colossians 1:18, he is the head of the body, the assembly, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence, right? So we can't say, oh Jesus, how I love you and neglect your body is impossible. It says right here that Jesus is the head of that body. Not just like the figurative head, but the head, the chief, the thought processes, right? And so we can't sit there and neglect the hand and the foot and say how we adore the head. Because, listen guys, if I took a hammer to your foot, your head feels it, right? Your brain feels it. You suffer. It doesn't matter if I hit you in the head or not, correct? Now, if your foot is wounded... And I bend down and I mend your woes and and, and and put ointment and heal your foot. Your head feels it. Right? That's right. Yes, <laughs> right. Okay. So we cannot disconnect the two. So here we go. The body. Right? That's us. First Corinthians 12, 12. For as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, being many, are one in body, so also is Christ. Mm. So we're all one. We're all connected. 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether bond or free, and we'll all get all given to drink into one spirit, and that's the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians twelve fourteen. For the body is not one member, but many. In other words, everyone makes up this body. First Corinthians twelve fifteen. If the foot would say, Because I'm not the hand, I'm not part of the body, it is not therefore not part of the body? First Corinthians twelve sixteen. If the ear would say, Because I'm not the eye, I'm not part of the body. It's not therefore not part of the body. Huh? What? First Corinthians twelve seventeen. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? And the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? First Corinthians twelve, eighteen. But now but now God has set the members each one of them in the body just as he has desired. Top of page five. Yeah. Top <laughs> of First Corinthians twelve nineteen. If you if you if they were all one member, where would the body be? First Corinthians twelve twenty, but now they are many members but one body. In other words, it takes a lot of people to make up the body of Christ. We all need each other, and we can't just cut each other off and kick each other out and ignore each other and expect it not to hurt Christ. Right? So 1 Corinthians 12 21. The I cannot tell the hand, I have no need of for you, or again the head to the feet, I have no need for you. 1 Corinthians 12, 22. No, much rather, those mm-hmm. members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. We need all parts. Because mm-hmm. while your foot may be hurting, you still need your foot to walk. While your fingers may be crippled, you still need them to grab. Right? We all have our parts. 1 Corinthians twelve twenty three. Mm-hmm. Those parts of the body which we think to be less honorable, on those we bestow more abundant honor. And our, and our unpresentable parts have more abundant pro, uh, propriety. So what does that mean? So those parts that we, oh, you know, he's tr- he's speaking figuratively here for these people to help them understand that those people that they view to be lesser, which I would assume would be the Greeks at this point, he's saying we'd bestow more honor because listen, when a part of your body is defunct and it hurts, you have to pay special attention to it. That's right. To make it better, so the rest of your body can function normally, correct? And once it once it gets healed, the rest of your body feels better, and you're back at full strength, and you go do go about your business. But like you know, you got a broken sh- leg, you don't sit there all oh, ignore it. You can't. It's impossible. It's affecting you, you know. But the body of Christ wants to act like when other people in the body suffer, that hmm, my life's good. No, it's not. You think it is, but spiritually it's not. It's hurting the body of Christ. It's hurting Christ. It's hurting God. He feels the affliction, right? So 1 Corinthians 12, 24, whereas our presentable parts have no such need, but God composed the body together, giving more abundant honor to the inferior parts. Uh, 1 1 Corinthians 12, 25, that there should be no division in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. Mm. Right. I'm gonna, I have something to say about that, but I'm gonna, I am must come back to it. First Corinthians 12, 26, when all one member suffers, all the members suffer with it, period. Or yeah. when one member is honored, all the members rejoice within it. So if a brother in Christ gets honored or something great happens, that's great for you because that's part of your body. Right. But if someone is suffering and alone and hurting and not getting help, That's bad for you. It doesn't matter if you're in Tahiti sipping a margarita and you have all the drugs and ladies and everything you ever want in your life and you think life's great. If you claim to be a Christian, it's bad. That's right. Period. It's bad. And it's really bad if you're ignoring it. Right? Because listen, the body of Christ in North America is weak because it suffers so greatly and it suffers from greed Mm -hmm. and it suffers from selfishness and, and, you know, it's all the things... We are taught in society, self-actualization, getting what you want in life. Don't sacrifice for nothing or nobody. Do it for you. Climb that ladder. Get more. Provide more. Have more. And so what does the the church teach? Get more. Have more. Self-actualization. Best life now. Do for yourself. And they say, and God wants to give it to you. But listen, God's not giving it to you. He's giving it to the body. Because that's what you're a part of right Come on people. I mean the war, the church is jacked. They think God blesses them so they can consume it But in reality no, he's giving it to you so you can distribute it And I'm not saying it's not it's wrong to have nice things. I'm not saying that But the way we see it in the in society is I got more cuz I'm being blessed by God So I'm gonna get more That's what no and so God makes people rich in one area to bless the body. I have been 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 made rich in truth and I am blessing the body with that truth. Amen. Amen. And so some people have a, a, a blessing and encouragement and they make the body rich and with that encouragement. Some people are financially rich and they bless the body and encouragement. If at one any time in this I go, Well, God, you have told me so much and I'm keeping it to myself. Mm-hmm. That's wrong, everybody would say that's wrong. And if someone knew how to heal someone's wound and he goes, God, this medical knowledge I have, it's great, I'm so glad I could take care of my family and forget everyone else. That's wrong. So why is it in America, I'm financially rich? Oh God, I'm gonna take care of my family and forget everyone else. There's no difference, right? So say you have visions and dreams and God gives them to you to bless other people. If you only consume them up upon yourself, that's wrong. He didn't prosper you in that so you could just be self-actualized and get what you want. He did that so you could help the body. Period. So everything we have in the body of Christ is not our own. We don't own it. Right? Right? And so so imagine the hand. The The hand, God goes, here's a glove. And the hand goes, I'm warm. And this other hand goes, but I'm cold. I don't care. God has blessed me. I have a glove. You know? Life is good over here. Forget you other hand. Freeze. That makes no sense. That's not why God put a glove on this hand. Share it. Right. Hold hands. Rub each other. Share the same glove. Do something. But you get the point. It'd be like covering half your body with a blanket while the other half froze. Mm -hmm. It makes no sense. But the half that's covered thinks, oh, we're doing great. It's great to be a Western Christian. We're so prosperous. Forget the chinese christians and the uh, uh, christians in saudi arabia forget the persecuted church all around the world here in the west we're doing great and guess what i got three vacations this year got me a new car got the big surround sound that's not what god wants you doing right i forgot which one i was on yeah uh, you, you were on first corinthians 12 26 thank you when one member suffers all the members suffer with it when one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. It says, now remember when we read above that God's people are the apple of his eye and we learn that we are the body of Christ and Jesus is the head of the body. So I have a question and answer. Question. So what is God seeing that is the apple of his eye? Answer. Jesus, his own son and those found in him. <laughs> that's what he sees. That's the apple of his eye. That's right. That's Jesus. Because we're the body of Christ. He's the head of that body. Mm-hmm. And so if our hand or our foot is neglecting the other half of his body, mm-hmm. what are we doing? We're insulting him. And we learn that anything that happens to the body, he feels. Mm-hmm. Is it good or it's bad? He feels it. Mm-hmm. He knows the affliction. So I can't sit there and neglect you guys and think I God's blessed my life. I'm being a turd if I do that. Right? And so here's the thing. I'm going to keep going. Top page six. Don't despise. Matthew 18, 10 through 14. See that? You do not despise. One of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven, their angels are always seeing the face of my father who is heaven for the son of man came to save that which was lost. What do you think if a man has 100 sheep and the one of them goes astray and doesn't he leave the 99 to go to the mountains and seek that which was gone astray? If he finds it, most certainly I tell you, he rejoices over it more than over the 99, which have not gone astray. For even so is not the will of your father who is heaven that one of these little ones should perish. So let me read my note. As we have learned, all those who believe and follow Jesus are part of the body of Christ. So Everything the body endures, Christ endures with us. We are his. So how much should we care for each other? Much like the sheep analogy given by Jesus, how much rejoicing must there be when a part of the body that has been wounded or lost is then made whole and healed? Jesus feels everything that happens to himself and those who make up his body. We cannot allow suffering to occur within the body if it is within our power to heal it. To do so is to turn our back on, Christ, on Jesus, on Christ, right? And so if we neglect each other, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just going to come out and say this. Like how many people online other than me knew all the things that Angel has gone through the past couple of weeks? Who took the time to ask? Who's too busy in their own life? You have hurt the body of Christ. And same goes for Angel, if you're not asking them, and I'm not asking you, and you're not asking me, and we're not involved in each other's life. What are we doing? We're a bunch of free agent, Lone Star Rangers, hiding out in our hole, thinking we got it good with God because we ignore each other? You're kidding me. That doesn't please Christ. We're too busy to get on group meet once a day to see other people encourage us or leave a message or or it's too much effort to push the heart button because my life is so complicated. I can't take two seconds to say, hey, I'm paying attention to you. You matter to me. You matter to Christ. I'll push one little button on a phone to say, hey, I love you. That's too much. We're too busy. Get over yourselves. That's selfishness. We leave our phones off. We hide it. We take. We go places without it. What if people need to get a hold of us? That's selfishness. But we want people to be there as soon as we want to call. As soon as I need a prayer answered. Why? Why? Where is everybody? But if we sit there and hide, and we, my phone is always on. I always keep it with me. How fast do I respond to you guys? there's a reason for it it's not because i'm just doting over my phone hoping somebody will call me i'm doing it because it's important to be there for you you're worth it you're worth something at no point in my life unless i'm having a situation at home or i need to get alone with god do i put my phone away or i'm laying my kids down and i can't have it dinging First thing I do before I go laying down, I check my phone. First thing I do when I get done, I check my phone. Not because I'm addicted to my phone. Right? But the thing is, is my thing is, what if one of you guys are hurting? What if something has transpired in your life that you need someone to pick you up? Now, we all want that, but we all don't want to be that. It's selfishness. It has to stop. I mean, I've there's people been in this group where I just feel like I have to get on there. Oh, what was you? What do you think you were called for? What do you think you were saved by Jesus for? To make it all about yourself? No. We are called by Christ to support each other, to love each other, to build each other up. And if we can't do that, then we have failed and we are hurting Jesus, our Savior. James 4.17. To him, therefore, who knows to do good and does it not, to him it is a sin. Question. How then should we care for Jesus? Hmm. Answer. By taking care of those who make up his body. Question. How can we say we love Jesus if we don't love his body? Answer. No, we can't. You can't say it. 1 John 4, 20 through 21. If a man says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who doesn't love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? This is the command we have for him that he that he who loves God should also love his brother. I put a note you cannot love God and Jesus without loving those of his household. You must love your brothers and sisters to prove your love for God. God does not want your adoration, your praise, or anything else if you cannot love those of the body. Okay? That's the facts. So if we're too busy in life to respond to a text sent to us and it takes three days and our excuses, that's the way I am and I'm just too busy, no, you're being hateful. You're not caring about people. That's the facts. Your life is not so busy. I can't tell you there's time in your day. We just don't make time for each other because we're so wrapped up in our own little world that it's hard to peek out of our curtains and look at other people's lives, but it does not make God happy. It does not please him and how much so as we're going to the end of time, are we going to need the encouragement of one another? How many times are we going to need someone to go, Hey, I'm here for you. Sorry, this stuff's happening to you. I'm, I'm right there. Or something traumatic happens in my life and they peek out and they put something on group or send out a, a text and they don't get an answer for a day. Mm-hmm. Imagine you're wounded. And we're talking spiritual wounded. And there's no one around to come alongside you, put their arm around you, say, I love you. I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. You are not alone. Because we're too busy. That's ridiculous to me. It frustrates me to no end. Selfishness. It's just selfishness. We're so wrapped up in the world that we've forgotten what it's to be like to be a Christian, to be like Christ. How many times in scripture have we read where Jesus talked about he's so tired, but then he had compassion on the people. All he wanted to do is get away. But then he saw the people and his heart turned towards them. And he was like, They still need the help. I can't go yet. Did it practically kill him? Yes, he's exhausted. So don't tell me you love Jesus. Don't tell me you love Christ. Don't tell me you're living for the Lord if your life is not being shown out that you love the body of Christ, that you are prioritizing your brothers and sisters in Christ over yourself, over your own free time, And I'm not saying it's wrong to turn off your phone every now and then and take a shower, take a break. But the way we do it, so it's like, oh, ugh, phone, you know, I'm going to go throw it over here and run and hide from it and stay away from everybody. But man, if I need help, someone's better be there. Or I'm going to be upset and my feelings are going to get hurt. Well, what are we teaching each other? Oh, when it's convenient, you're not important enough for me to pay attention to you now. But when if I need something, you better pay attention to me. Right, that's wrong. Top of page seven. Let's look at love. 1 Corinthians 13, one. All right. If I speak with the languages of men and of angels, but don't have love, I'd become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. 1 Corinthians thirteen two. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith so as to remove mountains, but don't have love, I am nothing. Anything God has revealed to me in this ministry and allowed me to share with you guys means nothing. If I don't do it out of love for you, put you guys first, which I believe me and my family have. And I'm there every turn when everybody needs something. Okay. And so it doesn't matter what your gifts are. They mean nothing if they do not produce care for the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 13.3 If I give away all my goods and feed the poor and if I give my body to be burned but don't have love, it profits me nothing. 1 Corinthians 13.4 Love is patient and is kind. Love does not envy. It does not brag and it is not proud. 1 Corinthians 13.5 It doesn't behave itself inappropriately. It doesn't seek its own way. Oh, wow. That's a good one. It is not provoked. Takes no account of evil. In other words, not like, well, you know, I was there for these people 16 times and nobody's asked me in seven years how I'm feeling. Oh uh, no, God, that doesn't do that. Love is happy to be that way. Fine. Use me. I love you. I don't need a return. Right? We don't take scores. Christians. The only scores you should be taking is your own. Have I sacrificed? Have I loved? Have I availed myself to people? Have I given myself wholly to the body of Christ? Score yourself. If you find out you're not having a good score, make it right. Don't worry about other people's score. Set the example. Right? And love of it doesn't seek its own way. In other words, it's my free time. It's my my time to be alone. I need a, I need a break. I need this. I need that. Blah, 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 whatever. We all need some time alone. I get it. But the thing is, we're making it a lifestyle that this Bible study is an additive to our lives not a catalyst for change and love and care for each other. And that is frustrating. It shouldn't be that, mm-hmm. right? This time together is not just to build ourselves up and run away and hide for the week. Mm-hmm. It's to encourage us to be there for each other. First Corinthians 13, 5. It doesn't behave itself in a does it go away? way, does not provoke, takes no account of evil. 1 Corinthians 13, 6. Doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. First Corinthians 13, 7, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. What? Endures all things. You mean I'm going to get stepped on, manipulated, used, backstabbed, betrayed, wasted, exhausted, and I'm going to keep going? Yeah, that's exactly what it means. And But it hopes all things. And you're going to hope that it, it produces fruit in people's lives. That they're not just going to get more selfish because you're so willing to give. And that you're so willing to sacrifice that people just get used to it and take it for granted and just consume you away. That's what the hope. And I love it. Bears all things. All the injustice. All the lack of respect. All the lack of encouragement. Everything. In other words, it's saying we're not taking score of what other people are doing. That is not love. We take score of what we're doing for Christ. Am I doing enough, God? Am I pleasing you? Am I making you happy? Am I giving enough? Am I sacrificing enough? Am I holding too much back? Is there something else I need to get out of the way of what I'm supposed to be doing for you? 1 Corinthians 13 8, love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will be done away with. Where there are various languages, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will be done away with, right? And I think another verse, you know, but with love never fails. So here's the thing, guys. We can't look. At each other, and think. oh, there's, there's Cody, there's Sarah, there's Angel. Yep. What have you done for me lately? Where are my needs getting met? Well, you're not here to get your needs met. You're here to meet people's needs. When I got married to my wife, I didn't get married to think she's going to fulfill my desires and needs. I got married with the total intent of fulfilling her desires and needs. That's how marriage lasts. It's when you're not in it for yourself, but you're in it for the other person, and then a beautiful thing can happen. That if the other person becomes the same way, then you're at, you're there to meet each other's needs. I'm there to meet her need and not to get my needs back, and then I, if she doesn't meet my needs, I don't get all hurt about it, because that wasn't the plan in the first place. The plan was to be there for her, and I can look past things, Right? And same thing. And so what happens? Like in my house, my daughter laughs at us because me and my wife argue about who's going to do what for the other person. What do you want? Well, I wanted to, no, want to. No, I want you to. No, I want you to. No, I want you. <laughs> that's great. Right? And my and my daughter laughs at us for it. And they're laughing right now in our living room, I'm sure, when they're watching this. <laughs> you know. And that's how it should be in the body of Christ. What do you want? What can I do for you? I don't care. What do you want? I don't care either. I'm just happy to be with you. Amen. Amen. Love each other. 1 Thessalonians four nine. But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that one write to you for sure. For you yourself are taught by God to love one another. 1 John 3.23-24 through 24. This is the commandment that we should lo- believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, even as he commanded. He who keeps his commandments remain in him, and he in him. By this, we know that he remains in us by the spirit he gave us. So what's the commandments, guys? Believe in Jesus. Love one another. Keep the commandments of God, right? Top of page eight. First John four, seven through 12. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. He who doesn't love does not know, know God for God is love. By this, God's love was revealed in us that God sent his, uh, sent this his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. In this love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and his son as the atoning sacrifice for our sin. Beloved, if God loved us in this way, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God any time. If we love one another, God remains in us and his love has been made perfected in us. So what is the example of love given to us? It's the example of the head of the body. If the head of the body goes and decides, I'm going to die for you, does the body get to fight and argue about it? Because the body doesn't have a say-so in it. The body is being told what to do by the head. We're doing this. This is how we live. This is how we sacrifice. This is how we give ourselves. Right? And so we have no option. We don't get a say. We we do what our leader tells us to do. So when we look at each other and see someone's lonely, someone needs a pick-me-up, Someone needs financial help. Someone needs help fixing something. We don't go, eh, I'm busy. Uh, I don't want to sacrifice to give to you. Uh, I know you're lonely, but I got a party at three. That's hatred. That's hateful. That's hurtful to Christ and God. And what we don't understand here, and the one thing we really need to understand is the spiritual aspect. And so the body itself, When one part is weakened, it's all weakened. Why? Because the spiritual power of that body is weakened. And it has a harder time holding back the forces of darkness. But when all parts of the body are sacrificing for each other, caring for each other, they become mighty because their parts of the body are whole and not wounded. And so we have to keep each other built up in order to keep the darkness out. And the devil wants us to think, well, think think of yourself Be selfish and you'll be okay. It's impossible because because when this part of your body gets weak, it lets other things come in on your other side. If you want to stay strong, keep the body strong, especially at the end of time when the persecution hits hard. We can't all run into our hearty hole and forget each other. That ain't going to work. If you want to be safe, if you want to be protected, make sure the body is being taken care of. You have to do it, Okay. And if you've refused to do it, you're only weakening yourself. Now, the devil is teaching you to believe in the lie that you're going to be okay. As long as you're okay, that's all that matters. It doesn't work that way. You can't survive on your own. It doesn't work that way. So it said, serve each other. Matthew 20, 26 through 28. But don't act like them. If you want to be great, you must be the servant of all others. And if you want to be first, you must be the slave of the rest. The son of man did not come to be a slave master, but a slave who will give his life to rescue many people. And I put a a verse, John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. So anybody want to be important? Anybody want attention? Anybody want anything great? You have to become a servant to the rest of the body. And we got the example of Jesus, no greater love than this than to lay down his life for his friend, no greater love. So what does that mean? If I truly love you, and if I truly love Christ, I'm sacrificing all I have to fulfill my parts as whatever part I am, I'm probably the butt. But anyways, to be that part the best I can be. Because if I fail, or you let me become weak, it hurts you too. And if I let any of you guys become weak, and I ignore your pain or your suffering or anything that's going on in your life that I can have any part of to strengthen you. I am hurting myself. It has no other way about it. I'm hurting myself. I'm hurting Christ. I'm hurting God. And the devil doesn't want you to understand that. So we might be riding, riding an easy street, taking it easy, not worrying about life, not fulfilling our duties as people in the society and life. It's hurting we might not be there praying for each other calling each other texting each other. It's hurting might not be giving or donating It's hurting might not be sharing the gifts. God is giving us it's hurting yeah. We all have a part to play and if we're not all playing our part, we're all hurting That's right. Now the world wants us to get us distracted with the things of life and even the church is teaching us to do the same but it's not God's way. And as we come to the end of time, as we're escaping from Babylon, if we don't learn learn how to shore up each other, build each other up, sacrifice and share in every aspect of our time, our lives, our finances, mental, emotional, spiritual, we're in for it. We're going to get it because I can't let you guys become weak without cutting my own throat. That's right. Period. Okay. Okay. Let our cry be this Colossians 1 24 through 29 Now I rejoice in my suffering that should be our cry for your sake And fill up on my part that which is lacking of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake Which is assembly. I rejoice in my suffering for his body's sake Paul got it. He's like listen. I'm suffering. I'm going without I'm doing all these things for the body's sake and for the assembly. To build up what? To build up the church? Man, so if we think about this, and we give it a little contemplative thought, we can see in the, in the New Testament, all the disciples, the apostles, lived very Spartan, struggling lives, giving all they had for the cause of Christ. They forsook the world and ran hard. And because of that sacrifice, we have the scriptures we have today. Because they gave everything. Most, a lot of what Paul wrote was in prison, it seems like. You know, and he gave up a lot. Now, imagine if Paul (laughs) went go, hey guys, oh, Mm you going on vacation. Going to hang out with Gamaliel. Got to go to a a conference. You know, uh, I can't, can't come see you sorry Colossians nope not making that sacrifice I got things to do God's blessed me you you must be doing something wrong God's not blessing you what if Jesus was that way no God I'm not going down there I haven't done anything wrong I have everything I need up here why would I pay for that it's not my responsibility I didn't do that what if he was that way right Imagine if we're in your heart if he was. Just for a second. We're all dead. But because he wasn't, but because Paul was willing to be obedient and faithful, because the disciples were willing to be obedient and faithful, and let's be honest, guys, for people who have been obedient and faithful for 2,000 years, people translating Scripture into the English language, you know, Tyndale, and all these persecuted people that copied Scripture in the dark and hid it in flower sacks and you know transported it around the world and sacrificed everything Why so we can see in America with our Bible stuck under a shelf and ignore it all and just worry about getting more stuff and Being liked in the eyes of the world. Do you think that's why why they did that? Do you think that was the whole plan Is so we could just hermit it up hide it out by ourselves? That wasn't the plan It's never been the plan. It's the plan the devil's selling the Western church. When you go to a lot of these churches and they're teaching how to get promotions and get your needs and met instead of how to meet other people's needs, that's a sin. That's not Christianity. That's a lie. It's fake Jesus. Fake Jesus says, hey, you want to know how you're supposed to act? You're supposed to act like me. What did I do? I died for you. What are you supposed to do for my body? Die sometimes physically, sometimes spiritually, you're supposed to just put it all out there, be a living sacrifice. Not build yourself up a shelter. Make sure you're happy. Try to get one hand in the world, one hand into the Christianity. Try to do a little bit of both to get the best of both worlds. It doesn't work. Not to use me as an example, but here's the thing. If me and my family didn't decide to sacrifice everything. This stuff wouldn't be going on. All the people that we reached around the world would not be going on. All this knowledge that you guys have been blessed with by God, you would not have. But you have it because of great sacrifice. And that's why it's here. So my, my question to you guys, great sacrifices. And it doesn't have to just be financial. It could be time. It could be friendship. It could be anything that you do to invest into the body of Christ that makes you have to deny yourself even more to be there for somebody else and build them up. But most people are depressed and lonely because they don't know how to look outward and they're so looking inward that they don't know how to push out to other people and focus on them and build them up. 25, of which I made a servant According to the stewardship of God, which is given me towards you to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden for ages and generations. But now it has been revealed to his saints, to whom God was pleased to make known that what are the riches of his glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you in the hope and glory. That's the riches, guys, whom we proclaim, admonishing every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, for which I also labor, striving according to his work which works in me mightily our goal right here it says right here that we may present every man perfect in christ jesus that's our goal that's why we rejoice in our suffering for his body's sake so we can help present the body of christ whole and complete and perfect to our lord and savior when he returns who's had a toothache before how bad does that hurt how fast do you want to make that better you need to think of it like that, that if someone is suffering or hurting in the body of Christ, that's a toothache. It's a spiritual body toothache. That's right. And you need to be Operation Umo run There's nothing else going on in life. We're taking care of the problem. And rush in, spiritual guns a-blazing, ready to help assist and alleviate need. And build them up. And the beautiful thing happens is if you do that, hopefully, people will do it for you. And then you will see the glorious return. Romans 12, 1-2 Therefore I urge you, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable God, which is your spiritual service, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is good, well-pleasing, and the perfect will of God a living sacrifice you're dead but you're alive and you're doing your spiritual service for god it says i have called you called on you for you will answer me god turn your ears to me hear my speech show your marvelous loving kindness you who save those who take refuge by your sight and hand from their enemies keep me as the apple of your eye hide me under the shadow of your wings from the wicked who oppress me my deadly enemies who surround me psalm 17 6-9 you want it to be kept as apple's eye? Take care of his body. What did God, uh, Jesus say to Peter? Feed my sheep. You feel bad for what you have done? You want to make it right? Love someone. Feed the body of Christ. Look out for people. Don't believe the lie and the tricks of the devil. Look outward. Feed the sheep. Because what happens then? You feed yourself. You're part of that body that you're feeding into. It's like bathing yourself, man. And then guess what? The head gets happy. That's Jesus. The head is happy. The pain has been resolved. The head becomes happy. We talked about that earlier. And what happens when the head is happy? Blessings flow. Because the body is made whole once more. Now, there's a whole world of the body of Christ. And we can't affect everyone. But woe unto us. If we neglect those, we can. It makes no sense. And at what point do we think I can neglect you and I can expect God to take care of me? It ain't happening. And so we need to be each other's friends. We need to have each other's backs. We need to always keep ourselves available unless we need time with God alone or taking a nap or something. But we need to make it the priority of our lives to be involved, to be engaged. One time on Group Me, my wife put a prayer request. It was a heartfelt prayer request and she had no answer. That hurt my wife. Because my wife is very fast to jump on, hearten people's messages, reason. She's in, in the house homeschooling four kids doing chores making meals and still if the phone rings she'll walk over look at it read it and then and respond her heart i'm the same way i keep my phone by my desk if i'm doing bible study editing video whatever i'm doing if someone dings me i immediately pick it up make sure people are okay respond accordingly as fast as can i can and then put it down now i might be out of the room for a minute but i come back and check We have to be there for each other. There's literally no excuse. Absolutely none. We got time to watch TV, read news articles on our phone, smoke, walk around, talk to people about stupid stuff that has nothing to do about God and Jesus. We have time. Sit on the toilet while you're using the restroom and respond to people's texts if you have to. You're literally sitting there. Whatever you have to do, make time. And look out for each other. Because guess what, guys? Nobody else is. The world's going to hate you. Jesus said that. They hate you because they hated me first. So if the body of Christ can't love each other, build each other up, and have each other's back, we're in a very, very sad state. And if we can't practice that now and get used to doing it now and become like medical first aid teams for each other on a spiritual level, we're in trouble. So I need all of you to do your best to keep yourself available, be there for people. Now it's okay, things happen, we forget or whatever, I'm not saying that, but make it the purpose of your life to at least once a day, look at your phone for other people. Look at GroupMe, look at your texts and respond. For me, do it when you're mid-afternoon, lunch, late afternoon, a couple times a day. Me and Melissa, we keep our phones right there all the time. I'm not saying you have to do that because people have jobs and stuff. But there is no excuse to go days without hearing from someone when they have been sent a text. That is disrespectful to that person. And if someone put on a group and have a prayer request and nobody's caring enough to see if someone needs a prayer answered or or someone prayer. And we can't even take a day or moment out of our day to go, okay. That doesn't make God happy. We have to do that. So I encourage you. Look out for each other. Build each other up. Because guess what? There's going to come a day that we're going to be all we have. And how quickly are you going to be begging someone to be there for you? And if you haven't invested into people's lives, you might wake up one day and realize you're alone. I have a friend like that. I won't mention his name. Good Christian guy. And I work, you know, uh, It's sad because I tried to be his friend. He said, I'm too busy. And I was like, so you're telling me you're too busy to have a friend? Yeah, he goes, I guess I am. Then he'd come back around and he'd say, Lance, I decided not to text anybody. And I waited weeks before anybody texted me. Well, it's because what you taught them. You only wanted them when you wanted them. And you taught them not to want you. And so that's what's happening to us. And it can't happen. We have to have a heart for God and and heart for each other. If we love one another, we love Christ. If we love one another, we love God. If we love one another, guess what? We love ourselves That's right. because we're all connected. Hmm. So I don't mean to get so heated about it, but it's one of those things that makes me mad and angry because I see what the devil is doing. I see what the effect it is having, and I see that it looks exactly like the world. And that should make us all mad, very mad. So I encourage you to pray about it. Ask God how you can get more involved in each other's lives. Build each other up and people online and listening around the world in your body, in your fellowship and those who love Christ. Do the same for them. Go and talk to them. Let them know you're there for them, that you're going to work in their lives and that you they have somebody. Because we all need each other. There's no like, you know, solo Lone Rangers here in the body of Christ. It doesn't work. It wasn't meant to work. You know, even in perfection, Adam shouldn't have been alone. In perfection, he shouldn't have been alone. How much more now in imperfection, in the fallen state, do we need each other? Right? Because we can't all be on our A game every single day of every single year. And we need people to come alongside, put their arm around us, and say, "I I got this, don't worry, I love you. You know, we'll get through it. And that encourages us to do just that. Okay. So I don't mean to be too harsh. I love you guys. Love each other, okay? Let's pray. Dear Father, we praise you. We thank you so much for this understanding that to love each other is to love you. And it is to love Jesus, and it's to love ourselves. That you want us to be there for each other, to be support and help in time of need, and that we are the body of Christ, and this is your mechanism. for taking care of the body, Is your people. And so help us to feed your sheep, Father, and to love each other and sacrifice anything we need to sacrifice to assist one another. We praise you, we thank you, and we love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 If you feel so led of the Lord and want to know how to donate to this ministry outreach, please visit BrotherLance.com and scroll down to the bottom of the main page for the PayPal link. Thank you. And may God's blessing rest upon you. Brotherlands.com